assemble at the throne with humble hearts into his presence. We bring an offering of song, glory and honor and dominion unto the Lamb, unto the King. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We sing the song of the Redeemed. Hey, church, good morning. We're going to sing that one more time, but uh, I am uh, I'm hoping you're exercising your grace this morning because somebody's probably sitting in your chair. We got a lot of room down here in business class if anybody wants to sit down here. We, uh, let me ask you to, uh, to scooch a little bit. That might help us as we still got people coming in. Everybody knows what scooch means, right? Good morning. I'm glad you are here this morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord all together. Let's sing that one more time. We shall assemble on the Preston Crest. We are glad and we praise God for your presence here this morning. Everybody here this morning. What a wonderful morning we have uh, to be able to 
to join here as a congregation of believers here at Preston Grass. We're glad that you're here. Let's get rid of the uh, logistical things at the outset. Please take this opportunity, if you could, to check in. Uh, you can text the word check-in to the phone number in front of you. You can use your phone and the camera feature to scan the bar card. If you're visiting with us, we would love to note your presence here as well. You can use the card that's in front of you. You can scan it and check it in that way. If you're a first-time mi visitor with us, uh, we are especially glad that you're here. And you can, if you could, fill out that card, take it to the information center in the foyer after we are done here this morning and uh, we, we have a special gift for you. And we actually may have a number of, of first-time guests here because this is a special day for Preston Crest. Uh, this is a, an opportunity for us as a congregation to gather uh, to welcome 25 new deacons among our midst to uh, get us to a total of 64 deacons here at Preston Crest. Uh, with a congregation that is as active and vibrant as this one is, we need not only our deacons, but all of our members to be part of the great things that are happening here. One of the things that we do want to celebrate this morning is something that happened last Sunday night. That was our annual Christmas program for the children's ministry from the uh, backyard to the clubhouse through the attic. Uh, we had a time of singing a time of, of uh, being entertained by some of the greatest performers that you could possibly imagine. <laughs> a great group of kids. Uh, we are thankful to uh, Rebecca Sutton, our children's minister, Rianne Pierce, uh, Lisa Pipkin as well, who worked so hard to put this program together for our kids. We are just so thankful for our children's ministry here at Preston Crest. Hear the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Please bow with me as we begin our time in worship and prayer. Dear God in heaven, we are so thankful for your son Jesus, for the life that he lived, for his love for all of us, of all ages for the sacrifice that he made for his resurrection and for the gospel for the story the good news that has been carried from that time until today lord we are thankful that we can gather around in this room enjoy the fellowship of one another especially on a day like today where we celebrate your church and we celebrate this congregation in its growth and the opportunities that we have to spread the good news well beyond these walls. Lord, we are thankful for this congregation of believers at Preston Crest for more than 50 years now. You've blessed us so richly and we're thankful for that. Lord, as we continue this time in worship, we are are hopeful and we pray that it is pleasing to your ears that the music that we are about to, to hear from our voices will be, uh, will be uplifting to us all, but most importantly, will be in worship to you, our Savior, our Lord. And it's through our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ we bring this prayer. Amen. Oh, come on.
Me to victory, beneath the 
Amen. The eldership here at Preston Crest is very excited this morning to be adding new deacons to our current set of men that have been serving us so well. Here at Preston Crest, we have 46 specific, unique ministries uh, that, that in various ways serve the needs of our family here, as well as the needs in our community and the needs around the globe. And each of these ministries fall within our guiding principles of reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. As is always the case over time, we, we, our, our numbers of deacons have decreased a bit due to men moving away or, or uh, stepping away for whatever reason, for whatever personal commitment they may have. So we currently have 39 men serving as deacons that are meeting the needs of these 46 ministries. I'd like for all of our current deacons to please stand at this time. See some outstanding men here. We certainly appreciate everything you guys have done and continue to do to meet the needs of this congregation. And today we are adding 25 additional men to serve as deacons to help meet the needs of these 46 ministries. A few months ago, we asked the congregation for your input to call out men to serve as deacons and our response is overwhelming. We thank you so much for your response to that. We are so blessed with so much talent here at Preston Crest and so many people willing to serve our body so willingly here at, at, at Preston Crest. Of the many names put forth, those that had, were called out most frequently were interviewed by the elders to ensure their qualifications to serve as well as their willingness to serve. And so today we are excited about these 25 men we're going to be calling out and introducing to you. So at this time, we'd like to publicly introduce these men to you, along with their wives and their families. So gentlemen, as, we, as your name is called, if you would please stand along with your family so that the church can recognize you. And then as we move to the next name, you can be seated at that point. Joel Bailey. Joel and his wife, Lauren, married in 2007 and have attended Preston Crest since 2009. They are members of the 412 Bible class and have three children, Rhett, Tag, and Joanna. Joel and Lauren have worked with the Guatemala Mission Medical Trip for many years with Lauren providing care and services as an optometrist. Joel graduated from Baylor Law School and currently serves as a partner in a law firm. Trent Brown. Trent and his wife Pam have been members of Preston Crest since 1998. They were married in 1999 and have three children, Alexis, Zachary, and Zane. Trent has served as a banking center president for the American National Bank of Texas in Forney since 2003, where he and his family live. Pam is a teacher in the Forney Independent School District. Trent and Pam are class leaders and members of the Sea Life class. Tim Cathy. Tim and his wife Vicki met while students at Harding University and married in 1978. They have three children and six grandchildren. They became a part of the Preston and Crest family in 2021 and are active members of the Shout class. They have lived and worshiped in Capel since 1982. Vicki works in special education in the Capel ISD. Tim has spent his career in investment banking and is employed by Beltway Capital Management. Paul Conway. Paul and his wife Lottie are parents to three boys, Vincent, 
Sway, and Luke. Paul runs Growth Spurt Ministries, serving people who experience indirect trauma as they help loved ones during difficult life challenges. He's a graduate stu- uh, he is in graduate school at Abilene Christian University, studying to become a marriage and family therapist. They first joined Preston Crest in 2016 and left to serve elsewhere in education ministry in 2018, returning to Preston Crest in 2020. Brandon Craddock. Brandon and his wife, Sarah, met during Welcome Week at ACU and married after graduating in 2007. They have three daughters, Evelyn, Millie, and Annalise. And they've been members of Preston Crest since 2008. Brandon graduated with a BFA in graphic design and leads a creative marketing team. They're active members of the Bound by Faith class. With families in Atlanta and Nashville, their friends at Preston Crest are more like family to them. I'm Charlie Johnston. It's my privilege to introduce this next group of deacons and their families. Roland Esparza has worshiped at Preston Crest since 2009. He and his wife, Susan, attended Together Forever and married in 2017. They are members of the 24 by 7 class. He is the father of Liliana Esparza and stepfather of Shelley and Emily Stevenson. He serves in the greeting and divorce care ministries. Roland earned his BA from the University of Texas and is the director of technology infrastructure for the container store. Bobby Evans and his wife, Beth, have attended Preston Crest since 2007. They met in the Preston Crest singles class and married in 2009. They have two young girls, Ellie and Aubrey, and are active in the 412 class. Bobby graduated from Harding University in 2006 with an MBA in business management and is employed by Bright Realty as a development manager. Michael Fitz and his wife, Claire, married in 2009 and have been members at Preston Crest since 2009. They have three sons, Harrison, Caleb, and Grayson. Michael and Claire are both Harding graduates. Michael earned his master's from UT Arlington and is the founder and managing principal of the architecture firm Building.Architecture. Claire, a CPA, works part-time on top of overtime (laughs) as a mother. They are active members of the 412 class. Rob Gutledge. There we go. And his wife, Tanya, have been married since 1984. They have three married children and three grandchildren. After graduating from Texas A&M University, Rob served in the Marine Corps and retired from Delta Airlines in 2019 after a 32-year flying career. Rob and Tanya have been members of Preston Crest since 2021 and attend the shout class. Brian Hurst and his wife, Allison, met through Preston Crest in 2015, were married in 2018, and welcomed their daughter, Hattie, in 2021. 
Brian is a graduate of Abilene Christian University and a lifetime resident of North Texas. He works as a CPA at Ashford Hospitality. Brian and Allison are class leaders of the Rooted class and seek to serve God's kingdom through hospitality and strive to create a sense of godly community for the people in their lives. Michael Jackson and wife Melissa met in the Preston Christ Singles class and married in 2010 and have one son, Caleb. Michael holds an electrical engineering degree and Melissa an accounting degree with a master's in finance, all from Texas A&M. They currently serve as class leaders for the Bound by Faith class and serve with the Adult Education Committee, the Spiritual Formation Committee, contribu uh, Contribution Counting, and with VBS. Caleb Jones and his wife, Kyla, first met at Texas A&M University in 2014 and married in 2018. Natives of Central Texas, they called Preston Crest home upon moving to Dallas. In 2021, they welcomed their daughter, Ada. Caleb and Kyla contribute to the adult education and children's ministry and also lead a small group in their home. Caleb is a licensed civil engineer and works in land development for a private real estate investment firm. Johnny Klein has been a member at Preston Crest since 2009. He and Lindsay met at Preston Crest and have been married since 2010 and have a son and daughter, John, who we know as JJ, and Claire. They volunteer with the Together Forever ministry as well as the children's ministry Sunday morning classes. Johnny was born and raised in Dallas and works in construction in the Dallas area. Lindsay is from Amarillo and works for the Texas Controller of Public Accounts. Celeste Mamo and his wife, Maria were married in 2013 and have been attending Preston Crest since then. They have two children, Michael and Mariana. They are members of the Journey class. Celeste has a BBA in accounting and MBA in supply chain logistics. Maria is a trained PT and teaching in Sunshine School at Preston Crest. Matt Mastalka and his wife, Valerie, have been at Preston Crest since 2010 married in 2013 and have two children, Emily and Macy. Members of the 412 class, Matt and Valerie are involved with the Preston Crest Youth Group, both hosting and leading PCYG small groups. They also enjoy teaching classes in the children's ministry. Matt earned his bachelor's in accounting from ACU. Valerie, also an ACU alum, is earning her MBA at UTD. My name is Brian Pruitt. It is my privilege to introduce uh, five new deacons and their families. <clears throat> Monty Masters and his wife, Julie, have attended Preston Crest since 2013. They have spent time serving in both the youth group and children's ministries. They have been married since 1997 and have three children, Abby, Brett, and Chad. Monty graduated from Abilene Christian University with a degree in journalism and mass communication and works at Grove Jones. Dan Mobley and his wife, Lindsay, have been members at Preston Crest since they were married in 2010. <clears throat> they are co-leaders of the Bound by Faith class and a PCYG small group. 
They have two boys, Ian and Grant. They live in Plano. Dan is a principal designer and director of project management for a boutique landscape architecture firm, design and build firm. Lindsay is a senior manager of e-commerce operations for Fossil Group. Jeff Pauley. Jeff has been attending Preston Crest since 2012. He and his wife, Kara, met in the singles class and were married in 2014. They are an active part of the Kingdom Seekers class. They have one son, Adam. Jeff attended Harding University and received degrees in international business and Spanish. He works for Kelly Services as a lead recruiter. Jeff enjoys sports and spending time with his family and reading. Cody Pierce is also being installed as a deacon. Uh, the Pierce family let us know that they had to be out of town today, but I'm going to uh, read his bio. Cody Pierce and his wife Rayanne are both graduates of Texas A&M University and been married since, 20, since 2003. They have been members at Preston Crest since 2003 and are part of the Families in Christ class and serve Wednesday night as a small group leader for PCYG. Cody has worked as a mortgage analyst since 2003. Rayanne serves as a children's ministry coordinator here at Preston Crest and homeschools their three children, Sullivan, Adeline, and Kinsey. Brad Powers. Brad Powers has been a member at Preston Crest since 2009. He and his wife, Kristen, were married in 2015 and have two children, Caden and Emma. They are members of the Bound by Faith class. Brad graduated from Abilene Christian University and is assistant principal at a middle school in Mesquite. Kristen graduated from Texas A&M University and teaches at Preston Crest Sunshine School. I'm Don Witt, and last but not least, alphabetically, I can feel your pain, guys, <laughs> as a wit. James Tipton and his wife, Jenna, were married in 2011 and have been members of Preston Crest ever since. They have four children, Landon, Carolyn, Ellie, and Sloan. And James is the chief credit officer at North Dallas Bank and Trust Company. They are members of the Bound by Faith class and James serves on the Preston Crest Budget Committee. Jonathan Witt and his wife, Demery, have been married since 2007. Jonathan attended Harding University. Demery attended Freed Hardeman University, and they started attending Preston Crest in 2011. They have two sons, Hudson and Owen, and participate in teaching classes, serving at VBS, and co-leading a small group. Family loves to laugh, travel, enjoy sports, music, and spend time with friends and family. Scott Wilkinson and his wife, Kelly, met at Abilene Christian University and have three wonderful children, Mackenzie, Campbell, and Holt. They have worshiped at Preston Crest since 2011. Scott works for PNC Bank and has a degree in finance from Adeline Christian University and an MBA from the University of Texas at Dallas. Kelly is the youth ministry coordinator for Preston Crest. Kelly and Scott are active members in the Life Builders class. Dennis Wright and family have been members at Preston Crest since early 2021. He was previously a member from 1999 to 2005, during which he met his wife, Roxanne, in PC's singles group. 
Both hold degrees from ACU, and Roxanne earned her master's from UNT. Dennis has a career in banking and Roxanne in education. They have two children, Riley and Hutton, attend the Families in Christ class, and are active in serving in PCYG. The Zabaks are not here this morning, but I want to introduce Nick Zabak. Grew up just north, uh, just south of Detroit, and graduated from Abilene Christian University in 2005. Nick and his wife Ashley have been married since 2008, and members of Preston Crest since 2011. They have three children: Aniston, Levi, and Ledger, and are members of the Families in Christ class. Nick has been playing all his life and still does as a PE teacher in Garland ISD, and Ashley and Nick co-lead a small group for PCYG. I'd like to ask all the new deacons to please stand, and I'll uh, read a charge from the eldership uh, written by our brother Bill Buckley a number of years ago, and... Uh, Bill was a valued member here at Preston Crest for so many years, he and his wife Kay. Were you to be added today, were you to be asked today what you have in common with Stephen and Philip, I would expect the sixth chapter of Acts would come to mind, for those were two of the first chosen, the first seven chosen to serve God's church with the same responsibility you accept on this occasion. We charge you, as does Paul in his writing to Timothy, to receive this responsibility soberly. We charge you to accept your position of deacon, not as a position of honor, but one of service. Just as Stephen and Philip evidently gathered no great popularity in their service, your responsibility may best be fulfilled in effective but quiet service. We charge you to accept your position of deacon, not with the expectation of accruing your every right, but with the realization of what will be expected of you. Although there is nothing any of you can do in this position that cannot be done by one not a deacon, your life and that of your family is likely to be more closely scrutinized simply because of this position you now accept. We charge you to accept your position of deacon, not with a relaxed sense of accomplishment, but with a renewed sense of conscientious commitment. You will need only to read into the seventh chapter of Acts to realize Stephen's commitment required the giving of his very life. He died in service of such a commitment as you make today. Your elders anticipate your service. We accept the wisdom of Acts as it unfolds the division of responsibility and yet the singleness of purpose of both deacons and elders. With all of us working as God has planned, the results achieved will closely follow those of the early church here at Preston Crest. And in verse 7 of chapter 6, the chapter speaks to those results. So the word of God spread... The numbers of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem rapidly. We pray for all of you as individuals. We pray that your words at the end of your life service may be those of Stephen. As he said, look, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. May God bless your efforts abundantly. Please be seated.
Good morning. On behalf of all the new deacons, we humbly accept the charge and the challenge you have laid before us. Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, 5 to 7, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. As we step into our new roles as deacons at Preston Crest, we do so with the utmost humility, recognizing that we are not here by the works, actions, or deeds of our own, but solely because of God's love, his grace, his blessings, and Christ's sacrifice. And we step into this role knowing that Christ's sacrifice is the ultimate example of who we are to be as Christians and the servants we are called to be as deacons. So as Peter writes, we humble ourselves under God's mighty hand and commit to serving him and his church in ways that further his kingdom. Now we're also glad that in the same verse, Peter writes to cast all your anxiety on God after instructing his readers to humble themselves. I doubt I'm alone when I say that being called out as a new deacon has brought some new anxieties, some new concerns. So we will place these anxieties before God. And we ask and, and in fact plead for your prayers for all, from all the members of the church. James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We need such prayers, not just for us, but for our spouses and families as well to be wise, to be loving, to be patient, humble, courageous, and faithful in the challenges we face and the challenges that may take us out of our comfort zones as deacons. We're excited about what God is doing at Preston Crest, humbly accept the charge you have given to us, and look forward to faithfully knowing that in all things, God's name will be glorified. Thank you. Would all the new deacons please come forward and stand here around me and the elders can fill in behind us. It's not so important that they be seen. And please occupy the special place right in front of me. I need to be heard, but I don't need to be seen. As you can see, Today has been a special day. Do we have everybody? We've witnessed the addition of these men to the list of our deacons. We've been blessed by that. I believe that uh, this is just one reason why we, even in these difficult and changing times, we can be optimistic and confident about the future for Preston Crest. Join me now as we pray over them. Father, we pray for the men who serve as deacons here at Preston Crest, both those who have been installed at this service and those who continue to serve. We recognize and value their service and are thankful you sent each one our way. 
We pray we will be an encouragement to them. We pray we will provide assistance and cooperation in support of their service. Father, give them a growing faith hardened against Satan's temptations. Bless them, Father, with wisdom, patience, humility, and self-control. May their lives be filled with joy and peace. Bless their wives and their marriages, Father. Protect their children from the evil dangers so prevalent today. Help us all, Father, to focus on your will for our lives rather than our own. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I think it is appropriate to applaud these men. This is family time. What we're doing, we do as a family, a family of believers, a family who worship the same Lord. His name is Jesus. We celebrate him. We're going to continue with our worship time, our family time, this morning as we enter into our time of communion. We're going to sing one more song, and then Scott Wolf will lead us around the bread and around the cup this morning. We fall down. We lay our hands at the feet of Jesus, the greatness of mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. And we
In the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians, in the context of the Lord's Supper, Paul warns his brethren, the Christians at Corinth, of the danger of letting familiarity breed contempt. In other words, he said to them, don't make common something that's been set apart. And I don't know if you share this problem with me, but I've been ADD before they ever diagnosed it. And I have a hard time having done this for over 51 years every week, always making it meaningful. There's distractions. And I spend time thinking about, on occasion, the little container that we have. A sip of grape juice, a pinch of wafer. I sometimes think about my sin that put Jesus on the cross. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things except when I'm thinking about me and my sin, I'm thinking about what I've done and what I will do, not what he did. And I'm a firm believer that the death of Christ deserves so much more then I give it sometimes. To combat that problem, I've looked for ways to make the experience more real and to be specific, to get out of here. To get out of Dallas. To get out of these pews. To get out of what is my life. And so I try to visualize sitting, standing at the foot of the cross. And when I'm standing there, I'm looking around and I see a lot of people who are there for various reasons. But I hear noise. I hear wind noise. I hear the noise that the wind makes when you're on top of a hill, especially when you're lonely. And I hear moaning. And I hear mocking. And I hear sobbing and screaming and I hear laughter it's a lot of noise to process but then I look up and what I try to do maybe this will help you is I try as I'm standing at the foot of the cross and looking up what do I see well first of all at times I see a crime scene I see the yellow tape. I see the coroner and the detectives going around trying to ascertain what their, what's happened, determining forensically what happened. But make no mistake, that was a crime scene. It was intentional, but it was criminal when the creation puts the creator to death. At times I look at it and I see an altar where our gracious God voluntarily laid down on that altar to pay the price for my sin. 
there's no doubt it's an altar. It's where the greatest and most worthy sacrifice was made for the least worthy. And then sometimes I look up and I see a throne. Not one where the king is seated, but one where he's extended. Suspended between heaven and earth. Saying, come. Come to the table of grace. For there is mercy. Whatever you see, get out of Dallas. At least for the 10 minutes or 5 minutes or 3 minutes that we spend on the Lord's Supper. Get out of Dallas. Get out of your life. Go somewhere that's meaningful. Let's pray. Father, forgive us. When we, with our best intent, make common something that you say it's holy. Bless us as we partake of the, this loaf this morning that symbolizes the broken body of Jesus. And it's through him that we pray. Amen. Let's pray again. Father, bless us. You are merciful. You are good. You are gracious. You are kind. And for the most part, we're pathetic. But because of your plan, the blood of Jesus washes us clean and makes us your child. Bless us as we protect this cup representing his blood. And it's through him that we pray. Amen.
you came prepared this morning to give an offering, you can drop it in the foyer, in the box, very in, in the very middle of our foyer. You can also give online, several options there. Also, this morning, you will find, uh, as you checked in, instructions for our end-of-the-year giving, Sprint to the Finish. Uh, that is what we're trying to do, trying to finish this year strong. Instructions there online. Uh, I'll share more with you about uh, Toy Drive and a couple of other things, but uh, let's bow now for this time of offering. Father God, you are good. You are good. Thank you for drawing us near and reminding us of your sacrifice, of what you gave. Bless us now as we give. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's watch a little bit about our Telling the Story Evangelism Conference. Let's watch. Is your church growing or is it slowly dying, leaving you discouraged and disheartened? Hi, my name is Jacob Hawk, and I serve as the director of the Telling the Story Church Growth and Evangelism Conference, and I am also a minister here at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. Every year, it is estimated that 70 churches of Christ close their doors in America. It's a disheartening statistic, but it's even worse if we do nothing to stop it. Now, there are numerous gimmicks out there for church growth. But the eternal method, tried and tested, straight from the mouth of Jesus, is disciples making disciples. And so on February the 3rd through 5th, 2023, we are hosting a conference to help churches get back on track, on mission, moving in the right direction. Every presentation in class will focus on evangelism and church growth, from ministering to neighborhoods, teens, women, broken families, conducting personal Bible studies, servant leadership, and training future leaders, we have something for everyone. Child care is provided, as well as a free celebration of ministry dinner on Saturday evening. Come and be our guest at Preston Crest as we discuss church growth, evangelism, and building the kingdom. You can register today at PrestonCrest.org. We can't wait to see you. Yeah, that's, what, that's the video that we are sending out uh, to churches to come. And Jacob's right. There are so many churches that are struggling. They're closing the doors, folks, and that doesn't need to happen. And so a lot of people are coming here. I don't know what you're going to be doing early February, but I'm going to be here. The, the wisdom of this committee has asked me not to speak. <laughs> but when, when we're in this room, boy, we are going to sing. So come and worship with us. Come and attend these classes because it's important. It's going to be important for you as a, as a member of Preston Crest to encourage those who are coming here looking for help. It's important. So sign up. You can sign up online and uh, plan to be here early February. Hey, uh, thank you for bringing your toys back, uh, your bags today, and you'll just deposit those in the fellowship hall up against the windows. If you didn't bring them today, that's fine. You can bring them tonight. Uh, it's not go time until Thursday. 
You didn't hear that. I need them. <laughs> because we count them on Tuesday. And so if you didn't bring it, I'm going to call you. Please, please, please make sure that those packages are numbered, labeled, so we can see that because that's how we match them up with the families. Speaking of the families, Thursday afternoon, I'm going to take about 20 people, 25 people over to Wallace Elementary, and we are going to hand these packages to these families. It is Thursday afternoon, not Thursday morning this year. Thursday afternoon, we're going over to Wallace Elementary. I need you to sign up to help me to both help me load these up and then to help me give a little joy to these families. So if you will do that, the information is also in the bulletin as you logged or checked in this morning. Please help me if you can. Thursday afternoon, we're going to leave here at about 4.30. Need you to show up at about 4 so we load up. Help me if you can. All right, I know you've been waiting for this. We're going to stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. You're going to be there for just a few minutes this morning, but uh, you can take your kids out there now. We're going to sing one more, and Dr. Dab's going to come share with us. How great the chasm that lay between us, how high the great to be together and worship all together. Amen? God is good. Amen? And God is here. We are his people. He is with us. Where two or three are gathered together, our Lord is with us. And it is good to be together. And the singing has been amazing. And my heart is full. Even hearing all the chatter from the kids this morning, you know, some cries. I love it. I love it. There's a lot of young families and young people. And these children, some of them are going to be 
deacons one of these days, and they're here worshiping with us today. Um, and I, it is so good to be there. How many, if, if you are a first service person, would you just clap right now? First service people, okay? If you are a second service person, let's hear you clap. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you something. It is awesome when we all gather and sing together, and I hope you are uncomfortable, and I hope you are ready to get back to your first or second service. We need room to grow here, and I hear sometimes people tell, oh, it's so good. We just need to do one service every Sunday. The problem is we won't have room for all the people that God is calling to be saved to Jesus, to join this fellowship at Preston Crest. And while we would love it and love the singing, I hope we love the lost more than that. I had a Bible study this morning, earlier today, with a young man who's new at Preston Crest, and, and he's growing in his faith, and hopefully he's baptized here pretty soon. And I was just thinking about him. There are so many people like him in our community that God wants to call and to Jesus here and grow here. So, Let's enjoy our combined services. We'll have another one on Christmas Day, but let's stay uncomfortable and let's grow our two services that we have and maybe we'll need a third one at some point. Glory to God in all things. Uh, it is a special day. Love seeing all those new deacons and their families. And I was just thinking, man, that is, those are some resumes right there. I mean, wow, um, the future is in, in good hands here. And, and one thing about deacons at Preston Crest, over the years, uh, they have made Made such a difference in terms of creating a culture just of service here um, that it's not just our deacons it's all of us right but but our deacons have really been kind of the tip of the spear and setting this culture where this is a place where we look for things that need to be done and people that need to be cared for and we we do that and so I am so excited for you if you are one of the 25 that is joining our core of deacons today I'm so excited for you and what is to come over the over the next few years and if you've served here in the past as a deacon I am thankful to you as well for being part of our past here and helping us out during the time you served. Uh, we're going to be in Acts 15 this morning. A little heads up, next week we're going to start a little Advent series, a little series about the coming of Jesus, the arrival of Jesus, and some people that were right there and watched it all happen. So I hope you'll be with us next week and then on Christmas morning, the 25th, as we celebrate the story of the birth of Jesus. But in Acts chapter 15 this morning, we're going to consider... Uh, a particular moment in time with a couple of partners who had been working together and learned maybe a couple of lessons for us as we have new partners in the gospel, new deacons here at Preston Crest. And really, as a church, there are a lot of moving parts. I mean, we, got, we saw our elders today who are shepherding this church. We saw the, the deacons who've been serving. I was about to call them the old deacons. Some of you aren't so old, but some of you maybe are a little bit. But we got the, the old group of deacons, the new group of deacons. We got those people. Uh, we've got so many ministry leaders and class leaders. Uh, I get to serve as part of an amazing church staff. I mean, it is a very talented, uh, the ministers and the staff at Preston Crest. It is just a joy to serve with them. But there are a lot of moving parts, and there are challenges as we serve in these partnerships in, in the church of Jesus Christ. You have heard this, the saying before, a dog is what? Man's best friend. So you know you are having a bad day when your dog shoots you in the back. This is a true story. Back in 2011, in the state of Utah, 
A guy was out duck hunting with his faithful partner and friend, his dog, and they were drifting in a boat in shallow waters on the north end of the Great Salt Lake. Uh, This guy, the hunter, he climbed out of the boat into the shallow water to set out some decoys, uh, left his 12-gauge shotgun resting in the bow of the boat. According to a police report, this is when the dog quote, did something to make the gun discharge, okay? Probably, you know, the excited dog, excited for the hunt and everything, jumped on the bow of the boat, put his paw on that gun, and somehow pulled the trigger on that thing. We don't know exactly what happened. We do know the gun went off, inserting 27 birdshot pellets into the rear end of the hunter. He's fine, uh, but it hurt a lot. The sheriff's department would not speculate about the dog's motives for the shooting. Police are calling this incident an accident. Uh, No charges have been filed and the dog is still not talking. But even, even the best partnerships can have some problems from time to time. You know this. You know this. Even in our marriages, in our workplaces, at our church. I mean, even the best partnerships, Tom and Giselle, uh, you know, Rachel and uh, Ross, right, from Friends, uh, the royal family, um, you know, the Beatles. uh, Even the best partnerships can and will have some difficulties from time to time. And in a church like Preston Quest, where there's so much going, where we're depending on each other, where everybody's playing a different role, there will be some stresses on the system and on our relationships every once in a while. And that gets us into the story of two men you've probably heard of before, Paul and Barnabas. They were partners They were a missions team. They were helping the church grow and evangelize the lost world. And even they had the occasional challenge in getting along and working together. And there is, as I'm reading the text this week, I'm thinking there's a bit of irony in Acts chapter 15 because Paul and Barnabas were being launched out on essentially a unity mission. The council in Jerusalem, uh, a Jewish Christian council, was sending them out to Gentile churches, people that didn't have Jewish backgrounds, to take a message of unity. And in the middle of this, Paul and Barnabas had an interpersonal moment of, let's say, disunity. Um, so it is, it is a little bit ironic on that. So here we go. We'll jump right in. Acts chapter 15, starting in verse 35. <clears throat> Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of the Lord and many others also. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let's return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and let's see how they are. Now, Barnabas wanted to take with them this other guy, John called Mark. John called Mark or John Mark or sometimes just called Mark in the New Testament. But John Mark... Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose, what? A sharp disagreement so that they 
separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him, John Mark, and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord, and he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Have you ever had a paroxysmos? Have you ever been diagnosed with a paroxysmos? I came across that Greek word in the text this week as I was preparing, and it made me think of, of mesotheliomia. It made, it made me think of late night class action lawyer commercials on TV. Have you or a loved one ever experienced paroxysmos? Call 1-800-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah. And you have, by the way. You have had a paroxysmos. It means you've had a fight with someone. Or translated here in the ESV, a sharp disagreement. You have had some issue that has made it very difficult for you to see eye to eye with someone else in your life. You have had a paroxysmos. Paul and Barnabas had one right here. And it was interesting because it interrupted their unity tour. Paul, on this idea of, hey, let's bring John, John Mark, let's bring him along with us. Paul was like, Barnabas, no way. You remember what a disaster it was the first time we took John with us, how he bailed out on us at Pamphylia, how he had signed up for the work and was so eager and ended up not doing a thing. No, we're not taking this guy with us on this. The work is too important. And Barnabas said, I think we need to give the young guy another shot. By the way, probably worth mentioning that Barnabas and John Mark were related. <laughs> they were cousins. Um, but Barnabas wanted to give him another shot. And by the way, I kind of see Barnabas' side on this. I'm like, I, I think people need another shot, a second chance. And, and I also, on a, I kind of think John Mark needed another chance because just think of it. The ultimate partnership, Paul, P, Barnabas, B, John Mark, J, P, B, and J. What a great team. I mean, it was destined, right? Uh, but anyway, here's what happened. Paul wouldn't back down. Barnabas wouldn't back down. They disagreed. This Park Susmos was so severe that they ended up parting ways. You go your way, I will go my way. In the near term, we are not going to travel together. We are not going to be working together. And so Paul ends up partnering with a guy named Silas. And uh, of course, Barnabas goes with John, John Mark, uh, and they go off in another direction. They go to Cyprus, which was actually the home island of Barnabas. Um, so we want to know this. When there's a paroxysmos, when there's a fight like this, we all know, okay, who was right? <laughs> who was right? You know, was, was it Paul? Was it Barnabas? Um, tell me that. But really, does it matter? Who cares? I mean, maybe they both had a valid point of view. Maybe they both had some, some reasons for their, their position on John Mark. Um, maybe Paul was right about some, Barnabas was right about some things as well. And do we really always have to decide who is right or more right in a particular situation? And on a day like today, when we at Preston Crest are adding 24 more individuals into servant leadership at this church, I mean, think about it. That is 25 more sets of life experiences, 
25 more ideas about how the church could run better, 25 more sets of preferences. I mean, on a day like today, maybe it's good to be reminded that we don't have to see eye to eye to walk hand in hand. Maybe it's good on a day like today to be reminded that there will be differences in opinions sometimes, and sometimes there'll be pretty strong differences, uh, some differences in terms of preference. And to be reminded that that is okay. Now you may have shown up here and you're thinking, I came for a strong message. I want to hear the truth proclaimed. But maybe this is the truth that needs to be proclaimed today. Um, That Christian people, godly people, the Pauls and Barnabases of the world, that they're going to maybe not get along all the time. Uh, that even Christian partners can have some hiccups, and and that's okay. But if you want something more, a takeaway that's uh, a little different than that from the story today, thankfully the story offers that as well. But I would say, just for starters, we can acknowledge that we end up with, because of their parexusmos, we end up with not one mission team, but two mission teams. And what we end up with, because of their disagreement, is a lot more stuff gets done. We're told in chapter 15, verse 41, that the churches were strengthened. We're told in chapter 15, or 16 rather, verse 5, that numerical growth occurred. Like more people heard the gospel. More people grew in their faith because Paul and Barnabas had this little time apart. Later, By the way, things did get smoothed over. I think that's important to note. In time, we don't know everything. that The Bible doesn't record everything that happened in the meantime. But we do know that Paul and Barnabas, they came back together. Uh, They ended up being partners once again. And even Paul and John, John Mark, even Paul and John Mark reconciled, in fact, more than reconciled. We've got this snippet from a letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. Listen to what Paul wrote. He said, Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.11, get here as fast as you can. Luke is the only one here with me. Bring Mark. Yes, that Mark, John Mark. Bring Mark with you. He will be what? (laughs) He'll be my right-hand man. Obviously, Paul's attitude about this guy changed. He'll be my right-hand man. Hey, Deacon, you're being called to be the right-hand man of Preston Crest today. We believe in you. We believe that God has called you. We believe that we've got a great partnership in front of us. But I love looking at that, how time passed and how clearly the reservations that Paul had had about this young man, that they had been resolved Um, I mean, maybe John Mark really had quit on Paul those years before, but look what happened. John Mark grew up. John Mark became this indispensable right-hand man of the Apostle Paul. He turns into this good worker. He turns into an asset for Paul in terms of sharing the gospel. I mean, John Mark, yes, it's that guy, the one that wrote the second gospel in the New Testament. He really turned into an amazing Christian thinker and leader. And so Paul and Barnabas and John Mark, they got things worked out in time. And I'm not shocked by that at all. Healthy 
mature, the important thing is Christ followers, they may disagree from time to time. They may have some, some hiccups in their relationships, but they learn to get back together. They learn to reconcile. They, move to, they learn to move on. And that, that's, so that doesn't amaze me. What does amaze me is how God is so powerful and so imaginative that God is even, to work, is even able to work through our baggage to accomplish his will. And we got some baggage, amen? We got some baggage. But Paul is even able to work through our baggage in order to accomplish his will. I mean, when, when Paul felt like he had been, you know, shot in the back by John Mark, and he and Barnabas had this good old fight with each other and separated, the Lord found a way to leverage that less than ideal situation to do exponentially more good work than could have otherwise been done. In the mathematics of God, the division, it turned into multiplication. God is so amazing. That's one of the reasons we worship with him. And, and a word as I close about Barnabas. I think I've told you guys before, Barnabas is Don Dabbs, my mom. She's probably watching this morning. Barnabas is her favorite character in the Bible. Uh, that name means son of encouragement. What a great nickname. By the way, he wasn't born uh, Barnabas. He was born Joseph, but he earned this name, son of encouragement, because that's what he did. He was an encourager. This is what he did. He gave people second chances. He said, I know the guy messed up, but I think we ought to try it again. And, and Paul knew this firsthand, right? Barnabas is the reason Paul was accepted by Christians. Paul had this come to Jesus, literal moment with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He was a hardened anti-Christian, militantly persecuting the church and doing harm to good folks who worshiped Jesus. And Jesus appeared to him and blinded him. And he was led in Damascus and he gave his heart to the Lord and was baptized by Ananias. But guess what? The Christian churches weren't real excited about, wait, the terrorist the terrorist named Paul is going to join us? I don't think so. And so Barnabas went to them and said, no, it's real. God has worked in his heart. We can believe his story. There's an important plan laid out for the Apostle Paul. And people, man, okay, Barnabas, we're going to give him a shot. And then when John Mark, I mean, let's call it what is probably, you know, likely messed up, Barnabas was the guy. Willing to give him another chance. Uh, Preston Christ, <clears throat> as we move forward together in the plans that God has for us, now with this new gr group of deacons, uh, let's commit each one of us to being a, a son or a daughter of encouragement, right? Let, let's do this for each other. Let's be a people who, who encourages, who forgives, who show grace because we believe there's only growth when there's grace. People can't grow when we just point fingers at each other. But when we give second chances, we're able to grow on the journey. So let's be like Barnabas in that respect. And aren't we glad that we serve a Lord who is a Lord of second chances? Aren't we glad that's what Jesus did for us? Isn't that the story of the gospel? Isn't that the good news? That God looked at us in our miserable state, in rebellion against him and his holiness and his plans... And that God looked at us mired in sin and God did not write us off. 
But he sent the only begotten. He sent Jesus into our world to redeem broken people like us. As Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5, while we were still weak, at that right time, Christ died for the ungodly. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you, God, for not giving up. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for sinners and giving us a second chance. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. That is our story, not only with us and you, Lord. That's our story with each other. We are a people of the second chance. We are a people of grace. And maybe this morning for you, it is crossing that line of faith and publicly declaring, what a great day to do this. Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. What a perfect day to be baptized in Jesus and start a new life with him this morning. Or maybe this morning you just need the prayers of your family. We're all here together this morning. What a great time to come down and pray with, uh, got your shepherds here this morning. Pray with them, pray with me, pray with somebody around you. Make this a house of prayer because we do believe God is alive. We believe God is present and we are his people. So let's minister to each other and let's worship him as we stand together together now and worship. The Lord bless you and keep
what a wonderful morning it has been to, to, to be here. This is a, a family, and there are times when we need to share things about members of our family and, and put them on all of our hearts uh, to lift them in prayer. One of those people that we want to do right now, actually there's, there's a, a couple, but you all know Jacob Solomon. Jacob Solomon is the man who... Uh, helps distribute communion. He is the man that walks these aisles uh, to collect uh, the communion cups after they're done. Uh, Jacob has had a very difficult week this week. Uh, he has lost part of his foot uh, just due to due an illness that he was dealing with. So he's not with us today and he's, he's in the hospital right now at UT Southwestern. Uh, we also want to keep in mind Bill, Bill who came forward and, uh, and brought this news to us. His, his parents, both of his parents are struggling with their health. So for just a moment, I want to take an opportunity uh, for us to all pray over Jacob and over Bill's family. If you would bow with me. Lord, we are so humbled by your presence in this room. We know that we can bring things to you and we do it often. Right now we lift up Jacob, a servant of yours a kind man that has endured many, many things. And Lord, he's enduring something else right now. And we as a family lift him up in prayer. Lord, help us to be, not only to lift up our brother in prayer, but to, to be able to serve him as he needs it in these days to come. Lord, we also lift up Bill's parents as they're both dealing with, with many, many health issues. Lord, we are thankful for your presence in this room. We are thankful for your presence in our lives. We are thankful for your spirit that's working through this congregation. Help us, Lord, to be closer to one another, but to grow closer to you each and every day. We're thankful for you, dear Lord. And it's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Just a couple of things. Again, we're thankful for everybody that's been, been here in a, just a couple of weeks we're going to have another opportunity, actually two back-to-back -back opportunities to gather all at one time. On Christmas Day and on New Year's Day, we're going to have one combined service at 1045. The second service time will be one combined service. No classes there. But before we get to that, we've got a service tonight. Uh, please join us tonight, our Sunday, Sunday evening services. Jacob's bringing our lesson uh, tonight. It's going to be just a fantastic uh, opportunity to continue to hear from our Apostle Peter. Now, as we close this wonderful time we've had together, uh, read this with me, our take-home verse. This is from Romans chapter 15. Read it with me. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord and Jesus Christ. One more thing before we close it out. I forgot to mention, all of our new deacons are going to be down here up front. Please come forward and take the opportunity to greet them and to welcome them as new deacons and to congratulate them. And the church said... Amen.